But it's great to be here this morning, and uh, it's great we can come and worship in the house of God today, isn't it? And give him thanks for everything. If we're going through good times, if we're going through difficult times, God is good all the time, isn't he? And we can trust him through everything. So uh, we're going to look this morning at um, an, uh, an incident that happened in the week of the Passion Week. As we know, um, we just celebrated Easter, haven't we? And it, what, what that week was all about was the week of the Passover, if you remember. And the Jews had, from all over the world and other people as well, had all congregated in Jerusalem. And they were all coming to celebrate the Passover. And we know the Passover, if you go back to Old Testament times, is when God saved the nation of Israel and released them from their, their uh, slavery in Egypt, if you remember that. And they were coming to celebrate what God had done for them. And this incident happened just shortly, uh, I think a day after Jesus had gone into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, and they were all shouting Hosanna to him. And if you turn to Mark chapter 11, and it's verse 15 onwards, it says this, On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. As he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. So, you know, I, this, this, I've heard this passage many times and, you know, God spoke to me about this. So it applies to me first. So I'm just praying that God will speak to you this morning through what he wants to say, not what I want to say, what he wants to say. So as we can see, they'd entered uh, Jerusalem and Jesus had gone back out to Bethany and come back into Jerusalem the day after. And he was going to the temple and he went to the outer courts of the temple now. Uh, the temple was split up into different areas. The Jews had their areas to worship God. And the Gentiles, the non-Jews, had their areas to come and worship the God there. But what caused him to react like this? He actually, Jesus, we so, hear so many times, meek and mild. Jesus was righteously anger. And he threw open over tables. And he caused disruption everywhere. And pushed all these people out of that area. So what caused him there? Well, when he went into this area, which was an area of worship for the non-Jews, it was called the Court of the Gentiles. This was an area probably about the size of a rugby pitch or bigger. And it was full. It was like a marketplace. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to outside markets. When I was thinking about markets, I, I, my father and mother, I remember going to Pump the Prix to them. And they used to have an outside market, didn't they? And there used to be vans, I don't know if you remember this, with, with guys with microphones. And they'd be saying, come on, uh, me and Steve, I would be standing there, Matthew, come on, you know, two towels for 10 quid. So we'll go, I'll throw in a flannel as well. Uh, and I'll give you this, and I'll give you a year's worth of soap or whatever it was with it. And I, I can remember me and Steve, go on, Dad, buy it. <laughs> and he wouldn't buy it. <laughs> and then uh, they'd have like cutlery, and I, I wasn't interested in cutlery, but... They seem to add all these different things on all the time. It seemed like a bargain to me anyway. But uh, my father, again, he didn't buy any of that either. <laughs> but, uh, 
But, uh, you know, it's, they're noisy places, aren't they? Things going on. And I know we've been to, um, I remember going to Bruges me in the market there in the middle of Bruges. And there was all people selling flowers, clothes, all different things. Lots and lots of different things and noisy, bustling places. So Jesus went to the temple and in the place of worship, he saw all this commotion going on. There was animals there. There were people, there was shouting. You could, can you imagine the noise? It'd be like that outside market. Oh, la, la, all this going on all the time. And there was stalls there and everything. And Jesus saw, as we just read, the money changers and the dove sellers. And I thought, who were these people? What was that all about? What were they doing in this place of worship? Well, the money changers were there. They did, like, um, have you seen the exchange systems where you go if you're going on holidays to buy different currency? Well, in those times, um, you know, the coins they had there, like the Roman coins, they had the uh, emperor's face on the back, didn't they? They had Caesar's face on the back, his, his, uh, his head on the back, not his face, sorry. And these were pagan coins. And if you remember, the people worshipped the emperors as gods, didn't they? So all these people coming from all over, all over the known world to celebrate the Passover would have brought their currency with them, brought their coins with them. But you know, uh, the Jews didn't want any pagan symbols in their temple. So they had to change the money to the uh, Israelites' money. And they had to change the coins, which didn't have any images of heads of emperors on the back. So they could use that to worship God, to give to God, and to do what they needed to do in the temple using that currency. And there's all tables there. So you can imagine now all this money everywhere, people landing in the, I don't know what denarii is it, and, and uh, all different coins and all that. And all this was going on there. Tables doing that. And also, there were benches there, it says, with people selling doves. That's a strange thing, isn't it? Uh, why were they selling doves? Well, as we know, the people had to come to the temple to give a sacrifice for all the wrong things they had done. Thank goodness we don't have to do that today, do we? Because Jesus is our sacrifice. He's taken all our sins on him and dealt with those sins. But at that time, they had to bring a sacrifice. Now, the traditional sacrifice, as we know, following the Passover, was a lamb, wasn't it? But the Lamb of God has come now, isn't he? Jesus, the Lamb of God. But, you know, they even made provision in Leviticus for the poor people who, because lambs were expensive, they couldn't afford lambs, so they could bring two doves instead to sacrifice. However, there were dove sellers in this marketplace. So what they were doing was when those people arrived with all earnestness to come and offer these things to God to atone for what they'd done, these people were there saying, let's have a look at, oh, they're no good. These poor people were turning up with all they had. They are no good. We have to take those away. We'll sell you, sell you ours. These are, these are approved. These are the ones you can use. And they'd rip them off. They'd sell them at high prices. These poor people come in there with all love for God. They would be ripped off by these people earnestly selling these, uh, selling these, these doves to them. So you can see. Jesus was angered by these things in the right way. You know, Jesus hates sin because sin is so destructive. He hates it because it hurts us. And that's why Jesus was angry. Because all this marketplace was going on, number one, in a place of worship. 
And number two, there was things going on that shouldn't have been going on there. It was an awful thing. So Jesus said this, My house is called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. So what were the, what were the reasons behind this? And I thought, how does this apply to us? Well, first of all, the temple was the place where God's people could gather to focus on one thing, worshipping God. But what happened there was all these money changers, this marketplace and these dove sellers, it caused distractions everywhere. People were going there, all this hullabaloo going on. They'd forgotten about worshipping God. They were all taken up with all this, this money changing, these marketplaces, the, these dove sellers and everything else. The sincere hearts of people had been distracted from the prime reason they were there was to worship God with all their hearts, soul and minds. And Jesus, as we just said as well, said it was a house of prayer. And what do we mean by that? You know, uh, Abraham, when God uh, spoke to Abraham, he said, I'll bless you and you'll bless the nations, didn't you? And through his offspring, he would bless the nations. So they were there to be a blessing, not only to the Jewish people, but a blessing to all the other people across the world, to be a witness and a light to them. And this temple where all this marketplace was going on was where the non-Jews could come and worship God together with the Jews. They could worship them there. But when these people got there, this place was full of all these, these tables and benches and animals and everything good else going on. So they couldn't worship there. It was crowded out. They'd been crowded out. And this was a place that was supposed to be a witness area to the nations that you can come and worship the living God. And you know, the third reason Jesus was angry, in God's house, practices were going on there that shouldn't have been there. There was sinfulness there. There was cheating, extortion, pressing the poor by taking, you know, uh, as I said, selling them things they didn't need. You know, they brought their own, own sacrifices. And that's why Jesus was angry, because they were defiling God's house and they were hurting the poor people there, and that's why he overturned. Get out! You can imagine, can't you? The commotion, throwing these tables. You know, I've seen reenactments on films and that. And then throwing all these tables over, all these things going everywhere there. So how does that speak to you and me this morning here in Aberdeen in Wales? Well, in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9, it says this. It said, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at the price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You know, when we become Christians, we become the temple of God. That's, that's incredible, isn't it? God says the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. I was eight years old when I became a Christian. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in me. Don't, I can't even work out how, I don't know what well, God's word says. It's what God comes and dwells in our souls with us. So we become, our bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And together, we are the body of Christ. And we, we are the church, all those who have accepted and love him as Savior. So number one, as you know, when Jesus went into that temple, or the marketplace there, they were just being distracted from God. Have we let things come into our lives? Have I let things come into my life that distract me from making God number one in my life? 
Could be all legitimate things. Our jobs, pleasure, where we want to go on holidays, our, our relationships, our uh, friends, our families, uh, money, things like this. You know, I'm not saying these things are wrong things, but the only thing is when we put God down the peck in order, that's when things are not right in our lives. We get distracted with all these things, and God says, put me first, and I'll sort all those things out for you. I'll make that provision for you. But sometimes ourselves get in the way, and we become like God, and everything else slots in around us, not us saying, God, you are number one in my life. I want to worship you with all my heart, all my soul, everything is in me, and just use me for your purposes. So how do we do that? Maybe you've gone off focus in your life. Do you know the Bible's really, really simple? We need to take in God's word. It's about relationship every single day. You know, if we don't take God's word in every single day, we don't read God's word, have prayer time with him, and fellowship with him ourselves, you know, we become emaciated Christians, you know, like starving almost because God's word is the bread of word, it's the bread of life. We need to build that relationship with him, fellowship together, coming together to worship and pray together regularly, the Bible says, isn't it? That's how the early church were. But sometimes we only do it when it suits us. You know, we need to put these things right in our lives. God wants us to have him as the prime focus in our life. Why? Because he wants the best for us. And so often, because of my stupidity, I put up with second best in my life. Number two. We saw there that the, the courts of the Gentiles were to be a place of inclusion for the people who wanted to worship God, who weren't Jews as well, all together with them, as a witness to the nations of God's goodness. And you know, that's an outward-looking thing. You know, we are to be blessed as Christians so we can bless others. So many of us sometimes just think it's all about me, 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 me. Bless me, Lord. Help me with this problem. Instead of saying, Lord, how I know you'll sort those things out. Let me be a blessing to others. And you know, sometimes we can crowd God out of our lives and our witness out of our lives, our testimony out of our lives by filling it with so many other things. Crowded out in our lives because of other things. And then our witness becomes completely ineffective to other people. People turn around and say, well, they're no different than me. Why should I become a Christian? They live exactly like I do. You know, God wants us to have a holy, righteous life, loving him, number one priority. And then that'll fill our lives and spread out to others. Do you want to know what God's will is for your life today? Number one, to worship him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And number two is to bless others. You know, the time is short, isn't it? We know all the things that are going on, the chaos across the world. You know, it, it's just unbelievable what's going on today. But you know, Jesus is coming soon. So time is short. So we need to be a faithful witness, telling all those we love, all our family, our friends, our neighbors, all the people we come into contact with, there is an answer. There is hope. And that hope is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be faithful witnesses for him. Matthew 28 says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So that's me and you. That's God's will for our lives. That's our prime focus, him first and being a witness to others about him. And you know, maybe we've crowded our lives with other things so much we could be busy, busy, busy. But you know, the most important thing to be is busy doing the Lord's work, isn't it? 
in our daily lives. That's what he wants us to do. So let's maybe examine our own hearts. Say, Lord, what have I filled my life with? I want to put you first. Help me to put you first. And then the third thing I see is all the hurt caused by those people uh, cheating and stealing from others. There was worldly ways in God's house. And I thought, what are the things in my heart that shouldn't be there? Are there things and sins in my life that I need to say, Lord, forgive me for those things. It's spoiling my relationship with you and with others. You know, sin is destructive, isn't it? Sin damages. You know, Jesus, if sin wasn't a problem, why did Jesus come? It's a major, the number one major problem on our planet and always has been until Jesus came and put that right, isn't it? And people are still lost in their sins today. So if you don't know Jesus as your Savior this morning, you can know forgiveness for what he did for us. He died to take my punishment, the things I've done wrong, so I can have a relationship with him. And I needed to ask him into my life to become a Christian. And you know, God forgives us and he's amazing. He lets us, uh, uh, he, sorry, lets us examine our own heart to say, Lord, these things are in my heart. We just had communion, didn't we? What's that about? It's, you know, we do wrong things every week, don't we? Well, I do anyway. I don't know about you. But I need to say, Lord, let me put myself back in line with you. Forgive me. Number one, forgive me what I've done this week. Forgive me for those things that shouldn't be in my life, that are harming my relationship with you and not letting me grow with you and maybe harming others. And God wants us to cleanse those things out of our lives. We? Number one, we need to recognize them ourselves. You know, and we need to, the old-fashioned word, repent. Turn around from these things. Get rid of them out of our lives. Say, Lord, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, cleanse my temples. Throw those things out of my life that shouldn't be in there. So today, have we been distracted like those people were from putting God as our number one focus in our lives with all the things going on as Jesus seen in the place of worship? Number two, have we filled ourselves with self things that I want to do and crowded God out of my life. And so I'm no longer a blessing to others. I'm no longer a faithful witness to others. And number three, like those money changes and all that, those things that were going on weren't right and they were pressing people and the poor. Are there things in my life, sins in my life that shouldn't be there? And I just need to say, Lord, I hand them over to you. He is faithful and forgives us. He's a healer. If we've been hurt by others, God is our healer. He's the prince of peace. We can say, Lord, I give you those things. I put those burdens on you. Take that hurt away. It's causing all these problems in my life. And you know, God will bring peace into that situation. So let's ask the Lord, see what he needs to cleanse in our hearts today. And say, Lord, just do your work. Holy Spirit, do your work in my life. And you know, I believe when we do, when we allow those things to be taken out of our lives, those distractions, those things that shouldn't be in our lives, you know what I, I really see happening? We will be able to move on in our lives and be uh, unfettered, unchained by things, you know, not held back by sins and things like that, being faithful witnesses to him. All those people we come into contact every day need to know that good news of Jesus Christ so we can be a blessing to others, to bless and be blessed. And then when we put God number one in our lives, what did Jesus say that place was? My house is a house of prayer. I'm going to be fantastic this morning for all our community to be crowded to try to get in here. 
to come with us and worship the Lord because of what he's done for them. A house of prayer. Open all the churches back up. You know, make this the whole valley in our country full of people saying, Lord, we want to come and worship you. You are fantastic. We want to give you our all. We want to keep, make this house a place of prayer. where a gateway, funny enough, where heaven meets earth, where we can come together and worship him together. And you know, that'll change our lives, our communities, everything that's wrong in our place, in, in our world today. You know, Jesus is the answer. We've seen it, you know, when we looked at the revival before, didn't we? hundred years ago, when God broke out in Wales and people obeyed him and were lined up with what he wanted. It was amazing. Crime, awful things disappeared. You know, and that's what God wants to do again. Before he comes again, there's going to be a massive revival in our world. He said he's pour out his spirit on all flesh. And, you know, we want to make this house a house of prayer again. We focus, number one, on God. I'm talking to myself this morning. Make sure he's number one in my life. And everything I do and everything will be for his glory and his glory alone. Amen.